Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson. Every Monday through Friday, Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all across the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Subscribe to the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get it wherever you listen to your podcasts. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you on this Monday edition of the show. Happy training camp eve, everybody. We made it. The Eagles officially report to training camp tomorrow at Novacare Complex. Gino, my man, you got to be super excited. Football season is finally here. We got through the dead zone, and 2021 is starting up. I almost forgot about like that training camp starts at the last week of July, and I always hit that point in the summer where like my the switch turns on, you know, and yeah. you're like, dang football season is here and then when the eagles tweeted it out today that video of the novacare complex mm-hmm. man i i'm juiced up it, it, it's really here and cfl starts up soon i'm i'm big fan of the cfl i can't wait just to have all this football back and it starts right here with training camp man and there's so many interesting storylines that we've been talking about mm-hmm. for the past week here and it's only going to get more interesting. I mean, they made a huge signing yesterday, bringing in Steven Nelson. That completely changes the entire outlook of our secondary. So I'm excited to see what this team is going to do on paper and even more excited to see what they're going to do on the field come tomorrow. And I can't wait to see 15-second clips from all our favorite beat writers. I know. Jimmy <laughs> Kemsky, all these guys are going to be out there at camp just tweeting out catches from Devontae Smith, some interceptions from the guys on defense. It's going to be exciting to see, Lou. We're there, man. We're finally going we to see it. guys on the field putting the pads down and actually getting in on the action. And no more – no more uh, we're just guessing anymore. We're actually going to mm-hmm. see it live in person, which is great to see. Absolutely. We were previewing Eagles training camp all throughout this week. We did it as well. Like Gino said last week, we've previewed so far the wide receiver position, the offensive line, tight end, running back. Gino did a safety podcast over the weekend. Gino, of course, Mr. Safety. And Gino, today we're going to continue to talk about the secondary. And as you mentioned over the weekend, the Eagles finally addressed the CB2 spot opposite Darius Slay. And that was... A great move, bringing in former Pittsburgh Steelers starter Steven Nelson because, Gino, that was a nightmarish situation that I was extremely nervous about. It was going to be before they signed Nelson yesterday to that one-year deal worth upwards of $4 million. I think it was only, what, 2.8 guaranteed. If they didn't mm-hmm. bring in Nelson across from Slay, it was going to be either Avante Maddox on the outside again, which has been a disaster move the last two years. Hasn't been good on the outside. Really just hasn't been good since his rookie year in 2018. It could have been fourth-round rookie Zach McPherson out of Texas Tech. Or what, is it going to be Craig James or Michael Jaquette again? You just, Gino, in the NFL now with so many teams having two, three, four-plus top-tier weapons on their offense, including your own division. We mentioned it's kind of like the Big 12 with how good Washington, Dallas, and New York are when it comes to skill position players. You just can't get away with that kind of cornerback situation in the modern NFL. you got to have at least two guys that can cover to a certain floor, and Darius Slay is a great CB1, 
but you got to have more than those names I mentioned. And so Nelson really does fill a big time hole for you this year. I saw one tweet yesterday from an individual on Eagles Twitter that uh, I follow, and he said, it's great to have Nelson because now you're not going to get boat raced every game, and you can at least evaluate Jalen Hurts from being in a competitive style matchup, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you're evaluating on two and a half quarters plus of being blown out by 14 plus points because you simply don't have anybody to cover on the other side of the football it's not going to be good for anybody involved. But now, like you said, Lou, in a division that can we even use Big 12 anymore, seeing that Oklahoma and Texas left? <laughs> good point. We, yeah, might have to get a, we have to get a different analogy here. Yeah. Maybe the American or uh, maybe Conference USA where they just run <laughs> up the points there yeah, as yeah. well. But it's good to see now that you have somebody on the other side of the ball, and we still have to talk about the nickel corner position, but at CB2 who – not only is just a veteran addition, Lou, but a player who has played at a high level. Mm-hmm. Seven interceptions in the last three years from a team who is starved, starved for turnovers from the cornerback position. We knew that Darius Slay coming here, Lou, was going to see more pass deflections than interceptions. It's just who he is right. as a player. But now we have a player in Steven Nelson who that's his M.O. That's how he makes his money is getting those turnovers, being in the right position to pick off the ball and put your team in plus territory by getting your team in a positive fashion in the turnover battle, which they were in the negative last year. And that's one position that you want to see improve. And how do you do that, Lou? You get guys that can defend players like C.D. Lamb, like the number two in New York, whoever that may be come week one, if it's Kadarius Tony or Kenny Galladay mm-hmm. or even Darius Slayton, for example. And then Washington, you have to have players that can go out there and defend the guys behind Terry McLaurin because it could be a boat race every single week. Yeah, Curtis but Samuel, you stop Gino, a boat race, right? You put up a speed sign and you mm-hmm. make sure you have guys that are there to put a little speed bump up. You're going to have Steven Nelson up at the line of scrimmage and Darius Slay pressing now in a more – I would say upfront style of play in Jonathan Gannon's scheme where you're in the face of those wide receivers, we're at least going to see guys get touched off the line of scrimmage now, Lou, and be able to run with a player 12 to 15 yards down the field, having good, talented skill position players at the cornerback position in Darius Slay and Steven Nelson. Once you get past them, you could kind of fill in the blanks with a lot more zone coverage, a lot more, uh, I'd say, two-on-one battles where you're using players in bracket-style coverages, where you're getting more safeties onto the field because you have the ability to leave those two players on an island at times and open up things on the back end when it comes to coverage. Today's episode of Locked on Eagles is brought to you by Easily, the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. It doesn't even taste like a protein bar. It's covered in 100% chocolate. It's soft and easy to chew. The flavors are delicious. Honestly, it feels like you're just tasting a candy bar. It's a built bar. Did you know, too, they have so many delicious flavors, something for everybody. They've got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. It's a healthy alternative, 17 to 18 grams of protein in every bar. Calories range from only 130 to 180. It's crazy. A bag of Cheez-Its in the vending machine has like 270. And by the way, Bilt Bar, like I said, tastes like a candy bar. Only, however, four to five grams of sugar. That is not the same as a candy bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, 
all healthy. I'll get you 15% off right now at built.com. When you head to built.com and use our promo code, that's locked 15 L O C K E D one five. Again, that's for 15% off your order at built.com. Steven Nelson opponents passer rating when targeting him the last three seasons. It's been pretty impressive. Nelson's run in Pittsburgh, 2018, 55.6. 2019 was a really big year for him, Gino, 48.4. And then in 2020, it was 63.8. So it's kind of like Anthony Harris, the former Minnesota Vikings safety the Eagles signed earlier in free agency. The Eagles are getting like a bargain one-year signing for a player that was a star in 2019. And then maybe fell off just a bit in 2020. So you get him on this pretty nice deal is those guys want to take a one-year deal so they can bounce back to where they were two years ago and then maybe cash in in the 2021 season. So again, even if Steven Nelson, you know, Anthony Harris, even Eric Wilson, Ryan Kerrigan, these guys that you signed to one-year contracts, not saying they can't be a part of the long-term future, but even if they aren't, Gino, bringing them in gives you optionality. And as you said, it allows mm-hmm. you to more properly evaluate other positions. Because again, if Zach McPherson or Avante Maddox or Craig James are getting torn up across from Darius Slay all game, you just you can't evaluate the other spots as fairly. But it also gives you optionality in the way like if you don't make them a long-term piece, if you don't re-sign them, you can get compensatory picks, you know, you can use them through trade avenues as well. Or you can sign them to long-term deals because a guy like Steven Nelson, you know, he's not 24 years old, but he's only 28 right now. So I just like the optionality it gives you with these kind of guys, and it fills holes that you have to have in 2021. Yeah, that's the thing, Lou. I keep going back to the 2016 Browns every time I, I see somebody say, what are the Eagles doing? And it's like, no, you have to have veteran players here. Right. You have to. You know, a rebuild isn't just made up of 20-year-old kids. You're, a rebuild is also adding veterans. Just because you add a veteran doesn't mean it's a rental or a, a, a Band-Aid type signing. And that's the thing. What are you going to throw Zach McPherson out to the Wolves and then have jo- Jacoby Stevens play in a position that really isn't true to what he should be playing because you have no other safeties back there to even throw out? You need to have these veteran guys. You go to the Kerrigan signings and the Anthony Harris and even the Wilson at linebacker. You need guys that, one, understand how to play this system because they're moving mm-hmm. from an even style front, which they've had since the days of Billy Davis when he left. Once Jim Schwartz comes in, they're playing four up front and basically four up front every single play. Now to an odd front where you're throwing these guys up at the line of scrimmage, even safeties. These linebackers are going to be up at the line of scrimmage. Cornerbacks are going to be tasked to do different style things in a cover two slash cover four scheme where you're running more quarter style principles. You need guys that understand that type of play or you're going to see the the Bradley Fletchers and the Kerry Williams of the world where you're just turning around and everybody's got their arms up like, who the heck blew that assignment? And then you can't even evaluate the play because it's a blown assignment because nobody has any idea what they're doing out there because they're either young, they don't understand the system. This is just going to help gel this. I mean, it's not an end-all, be-all, fix-all for the future type of thing, but it's one of those signings that you need just to at least to plug the hole on the boat. You know, I mean, yeah. they're not the strongest unit as it is on either side of the ball, but you at least have to go out there and compete. And in this division, Lou, where – it's give and take every single season. There hasn't been a repeat winner in mm-hmm. how many years. You're going to be in a lot of these games, and you don't want to just get blown out by a division opponent. You want to be able to evaluate your team for this season and for the future on where you stand 
in your division alone. I mean, outside of the division, you can see where you stand in the NFL, but you at least have to understand where you are in this four-team type of standing to see if you can at least go out there in 2022 and compete, or you have to kind of change your method of operations again and go away from these one-year signings. But this is what you have to do in mm -hmm. a transition period, which we saw in 2015 to 16 when Doug Peterson well, came in. 2013 Even, too, Gino. Same they with Chip signed, Kelly, yep. I mean, Chip Kelly went with Band-Aid moves, but the difference, I think, with this kind of signing, right, Stephen Nelson, Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson, compared to the signings like Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher, is that you know those guys are Band-Aids. You know mm-hmm. after a year or two that those are not part of the answer, and they're not positive additions. They're just guys to get you through until you find the real option. Will that maybe most likely be Nelson's role, Harris's role, Wilson's role? Sure, because I think next year the Eagles still need to invest a top pick in a cornerback mm-hmm. in the draft. But at the same time, unlike Kerry Williams, unlike Bradley Fletcher, Stephen Nelson, Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson, those guys do have the potential to be part of a core for years to come. Again, Nelson's 28. Eric Wilson's only 26 years old. So I like, mm-hmm. again, the optionality, the flexibility that this provides more so than the typical Band-Aid move. I totally agree, Lou. And that's the thing I was going to say with Harris, too. Like, he could be a guy that you sign to another three-year deal after this, and you have him locked up until he's about 30 years old. And mm-hmm. you still have a need at cornerback, even outside of Slay, because in two years he could be off the team. Right. So you have to continually bring in options that, one— are good football players, and two, fit what you're trying to build. Steven Nelson comes from a very proud organization in Pittsburgh, a very similar style defense where they run that odd front, and the cornerbacks were asked to do a lot of the same things in that style of defense. And three, he is a guy that can play his role again. You know, He's going to be the number two guy, and Darius Slay doesn't have to worry about being the only player on the field that could cover somebody. They can actually go out there and make a coverage stop and not just have to slam their front four or front five or front six at the offensive line to hopefully get in the face of the quarterback. They have somebody on the back end in Steven Nelson who could create a turnover out of nowhere. I think every one of those moves that they've made, Lou, one, they're cost-friendly. Yeah. I mean, what what you're going to get out, out, out from a – million guaranteed deal for Steven Nelson. Yeah, you could do that at any time, but at the end of the year, he's gone and you really didn't invest anything. Mm -hmm. But if you want to turn around and re-sign him, you got him on the cheap now. And you you got a lot more cap space next year, Gino. 100%, Lou, especially because we keep forgetting they moved on from Carson Wentz primarily because they want that cap space in 2022. Mm -hmm. So you have to make moves now to at least see where you stand and how they can help you moving forward. Because if Steven Nelson comes out and has a career year, Lou, you're looking to uh, to extend him for two years. Same with Eric Wilson. Same with a guy like Anthony Harris. These players aren't just like Bradley Fletcher and Kerry Williams. I I think that's a great example that you gave, Lou, that those guys are gone. They're just trying to find the next person in line. They're, they're just placeholders, you would say. Mm-hmm. These guys aren't just placeholders. These guys are going to come in and compete. They're going to play hard minutes, and they're going to be given a lot of minutes right away. Harris is going to be probably the second most capped player on that safety unit, and same with Steven Nelson. who He will most likely get the second most amount of snaps for that secondary. So these guys aren't going to just be rotational pieces. They're going to be pieces that are instrumental in the success of this team in 2021. 
Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. NFL training camps across the league are starting up this week. The Eagles, again, hit the field at Novacare Complex tomorrow. Get in on the action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to put some money down on Devontae Smith to win Rookie of the Year. If you're a big Jalen Hurts believer, he's got pretty fun odds to win MVP. Let's just say you'll win a lot of money if you put your money where your mouth is, and you can do that at betonline.ag. We've got a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit for you when you head to the website site or use your mobile device use our promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and you're going to get 50 percent off on a welcome bonus for your first deposit but online your online sportsbook experts gino when you look at it it's kind of a low bar but you look at the 2010s heading into a new decade here the 2020s i don't know i mean and again who knows if steven nelson is still in philly beyond 2021 and maybe the same thing with darius slay but I feel like this cornerback tandem has the potential to be the best one you've had. And again, it's a low bar, but since Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown, I don't know if they've had these two competent starting corners back to back on one roster. I mean, I don't know what was the one that solidified things the most for you, Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. And that wasn't really a top one that that was better though than Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher. Yep. Even when you look back when Asante Samuel was here, the guy opposite, Asante wasn't great. It was Dimitri Patterson or Ellis Hobbs. I mean, this could be the best tandem. Hey, well, they had DRC. That yeah, that, that's true. But Nambi Asma was so. <laughs> um, Fair. It might be the best tandem you've had in a long time. Honestly, I tweeted yesterday that without hyperbole, I believe that this is the best corner tandem that they've had in a decade. There we go. I I firmly believe it, Lou. Because you're right. The bar is so <laughs> low. Yeah. That it's hard to look above that, but. Even if Darius does, let's say, 80% of what he did last year, which I believe he had, he was the MVP of that defense, in my oh, yeah. opinion, last year. You didn't even hear about him for a majority of the games. And Steven Nelson comes and does 80% of what he can do. That's the best one-two punch we've seen in quite some time. Yep. And they both put, win in different manners. That's the thing, you know. Steven Nelson is more of that ball hawk who will pick the ball off. But Darius Slay is like, He's going to ride you like a fly mm-hmm. on rice, you know? Like, he's going right. to be all over you, and he's going to defend multiple passes in a game. And you need both of those styles of players because on the inside of the ball, which we haven't even discussed yet, what are they going to do at nickel cornerback, Lou? Are they going to have a guy that can at least run with somebody? Because you have a big drop-off from going from nickel Roby Coleman last year, even Craven LeBlanc, to, I mean, is Lavert Hill or Kevon Seymour, your best option right there now. So you well, need the big slot, I feel like those guys on the outside. In the slot, I feel like it's got to be Maddox at this point, right? I mean, I feel like that's the natural I know, transition. I, I don't know. He's not from this coaching staff. Sure. He fell out of favor the last couple of years. He hasn't remained healthy. That's one of the things, Lou, that Howie Roseman wrote on his list. Is the guy healthy? Avante sure. Maddox hasn't been healthy year in and year out and I would like to see him turn around and be that option that they could have at slot corner but it's any man's position to win honestly they they have a deep deep group there now after the signing of Steven Nelson they have a lot of depth 
Well, there's a lot of question marks, right? though, Gino. That, I mean, my thing is, they, like, yeah. the the only guy I'm excited to see is Zach McPherson because I, I am too. Again, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of over Avante Maddox, and I don't really care about Craig James or Michael Jaquette or even, you know, Josiah Scott, the guy that they traded for. Right now, corner to me is still the place that you need a lot of work long term more than maybe any spot on this roster. And that's why I think next year, regardless of what you're doing with Nelson and Slay, you're still investing a top pick at cornerback unless you got to go get your new quarterback of the future. Because, yeah, after these two, like I'm, as we're saying, this could be the best tandem in a long time, Nelson and Slay. But after that, the only guy I'm really hopeful for when it comes to the future because again that's what we're really focused on right now is McPherson and would you say I mean you would know more than me as a scout is McPherson a guy that can translate inside for a year I'm not sure he's somebody I'm kind of excited about though a little bit at least more so than in comparison to the rest of the group I totally agree I don't know if with his length that you you really want to put him inside one guy I am excited for on the inside Lou you say you're not hopeful too hopeful for the future mm-hmm. i look at players that they've added just like off of waivers and kavan seymour you and i are familiar with him from his sure. time in buffalo didn't do terrible there went to carolina didn't do terrible there was asked to play outside for philly last year and honestly wasn't bad i think he has a chance to really go in and compete at that position another player lavert hill they get him off of uh waivers last year his time at michigan he had six interceptions and he played all over that defensive secondary. He's five foot ten, fits that profile more as a slot style cornerback. And he wore wore number twenty four at Michigan, so I'm a little bit impartial because that's my lucky <laughs> number. But they do have a little bit more depth than a lot of people might see looking at that unit, especially Lou, because of what they're gonna do at the safety position. I think they're gonna play three safeties more often than not. So are you really going to have to play a nickel cornerback as much as you've done in the last few seasons? I don't believe so. So can you get those guys in matchups where it's played more like a game of chess, where you put out the best option week in and week out? Hey, maybe a guy like Grayland Arnold can come in and mm-hmm. be a serviceable player when you're playing Dallas and all of their three wide receivers are close to six foot one, six foot two, and you need a little bit more size. Or you're going against a shiftier player, bring in Lavert Hill, bring in a guy like Kevon Seymour. I think that's what you're going to see, a nickel cornerback by committee more than anything sure. else. Because you really don't have an option. And what do we keep going back to that is our favorite part about this camp in particular, as opposed to the other three that we've covered? The competition. This That position, Lou could be the biggest competition that we see all of training camp on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be the best man win at nickel cornerback. And now we can kind of sit easy and take a deep breath because we've answered one of those questions on the outside, which at the same time kind of answers multiple questions because you don't have to say, Mm -hmm. oh, is one of these guys on the inside going to have to move outside? Are we going to throw a Zach McPherson in his rookie season to the Wolves? It's No, we got two established guys that will take our minds at ease and kind of let the the island players do what they have to, while on the inside, we get a little bit more creative. We play more games of chess with the intermixing of safeties and cornerbacks and linebackers covering different style players week in and week out. And that's what I want to see because it's not going to be, oh, here are your three cornerbacks. Nickel Roby Coleman is going to be on the field 90% of the time. You're going to see a lot of interchanging, which plays to the hand of a young group in Jonathan Gannon who can call a little bit 
more, I would say, team-friendly game where you can win based on matchups more than one-on-ones, if that makes sense. And Gino, I think, too, even if none of these other players after Nelson and Slay, if none of them really show anything in 2021, look, like I said, you've got to do work on the secondary next year. Not just corner, sure. but safety, too, is made up of mostly veterans. Harris, McLeod, I mean, hopefully Kevon Wallace is a long-term core piece heading into year two. Excited to see what he could do. Me and you both really liked him coming out of Clemson mm-hmm. last year. But again, even if none of these guys do pan out, look, this is a rebuild, and you're not going to fix every single position in one offseason, right? 2016, the last rebuild, last rebuild in 2016, you didn't fix wide receiver. That came in year two. So mm-hmm. right now, this last draft, what was the theme for this new phase of Eagles football? They went back to what they normally go back to. They start with the offensive and defensive line, and then they address quarterback. And then it seems like the secondary receiver, they address receiver as well, though. Those fall in line. And I think this offseason, this offseason especially, they're going to really focus on the secondary. So that's the thing you got to keep in mind is 2021, it's about finding answers, but it's not about answering all of those questions right away. And maybe defensive back is something that we answer more in 2022. But again, you do have some pieces, and I'm excited to see what they do in camp. And at least for now, in the short term, you've got a really good veteran starting secondary, I think, at both of these positions. And hats off to Howie Roseman, Lou, for learning from his mistakes because you brought up that 2016 wide receiver unit where it's like, okay, we're just going to roll with what we have. He could have very well done that at at the corner position. And it would have been as nightmarish as the receiver position was that year. (laughs) Yep, and he learned from his mistakes. He said, no, we're going to go out and we're going to get somebody established so we don't have to worry about that, where the defense can just play their game. We could figure out if Jonathan Gannon's the guy. We could figure out if we have to add other pieces. Did we get a a starter that can be here for more than one year in Steven Nelson and Anthony Harris? And I really like what Howie has done and he did it without committing big dollars moving into an offseason where you want to carry over as much as possible because 2022 is the offseason we talk about as being the one to fix the rest of the holes. Mm-hmm. You're just now building the base of this house. That's when you start picking out the furniture. That's when you start picking out, okay, what is gonna? What is our sink going to look like? What is our faucet going to look like? What is our cabinet going to look like? Where you really start to put... cross all your T's and dot your I's on what this unit is going to be moving forward. And I'm excited to see now just having a good baseline of what this unit can be. Because if this is the floor for a Nick Sariani, Jonathan Gannon base team, I'm excited to see where the ceiling can go simply just looking at the roster currently. 100% Gino. I think the good thing too is Gannon in the past has been able to elevate talent at the defensive back position, both safety and cornerback. So you know, at least in year one of this new era, even if you don't have the perfect personnel, you do have coaches that can elevate and develop talent. So it's exciting to know that that's starting up tomorrow. To start up Eagles training camp, players report officially tomorrow to the Novacare Complex, and we've got you covered five days a week covering training camp on Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as well to continue to preview the rest of the positions. We've got the defensive line coming up as well and linebacker, and then we'll continue to do shows Monday through Friday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows and also follow us on Twitter. Me and Gino are always talking birds on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBLCA. L-O-E. That's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown Eagles. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.